Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by The Beer Keller, Liverpool One. Hello and welcome to the weekly catch-up here from A View from the Bullens. I'm Ben and as usual I'm joined by the Bobble to discuss not just this week but the last couple of weeks at Everton. Apologies for last week ladies and gents, some technical hitches meant we couldn't get it recorded and I'm just going to look at the technical guy who refused to pay his Wi-Fi last week. It was definitely his fault. <laughs> it was definitely his fault. We're just going to ignore the fact that we, you know, I got too drunk Friday and Saturday to do it. But maybe that might be the real reason. Well, we agreed Friday at a certain time and he didn't, didn't do it. <laughs> but anyway, this is our first weekly podcast since the St. Patrick's Day event. I am still hungover, even though I did miss three dates last week for these shows. We did have a jolly down at Stamford Bridge, Bobble, didn't we, in your private minibus. But, you know, good results, the 2-2, but it is old news now. You know, so let's talk about what's been going on. And there has been a lot going on, hasn't there? But, you know, what was that Chelsea game like? What was the bus like? Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, if you can, can you remember it? Don't think so. I was, I was obviously still hungover from the same Patrick's You were in a bad event. way on the way home. I just, you know, we got there six hours down there. The traffic was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, it's because of the, the train strikes just killed the The air con was yeah. blowing hot air. So it was like a sauna. <laughs> and then coming home. But you've got quite an interesting story about a guest who runs EFC Daily. Oh, him regards, He went on the, the hands tour bus. I think before we actually touch on Everton, that you, you get a few minutes to talk about... <laughs> The event. I feel a bit harsh, but so there's a lad that f- flown in from Ireland on the Friday to actually attend the the game at Stamford Bridge. He flew in uh, and he was actually going on uh, a supporters club coach. So he got up really early on the Saturday morning to get on the coach. 
made his way down there and they got to Beaconsfield service station or near Beaconsfield service station. And um, they were a little bit early, so they decided to go to a pub. And I'm not sure where this pub was, so please excuse me there, but I'm not sure where it was. So they went into the pub, um, stayed there for an hour, the whole coach did. And then when they got back to the coach, the coach wouldn't start. So the coach wouldn't start. And after about 40 minutes, they kind of had a decision to make. Do you wait for the mechanic or whoever's going to come out and maybe replace the coach or fix the coach? Or do you want to start getting individual taxis? But individual taxis from Beaconsfield to Stamford Bridge, that's still quite a way. Yeah. To be fair, that's still going to cost a few pennies, even between four, six of you, however many people decide to, to get a taxi. Anyway, so he was one of, I think, eight that decided to walk somewhere at that point to then yeah, order taxi. taxis to get taxis into Stamford Bridge. Whilst everybody else on the coach thought, you know what, we'll try and ride it out and hopefully we can get this coach up and running. Half an hour goes by. They've actually been warned, this group of eight, that if the coach gets started, it has nowhere to pick you up. It can't stop. It has to keep going. Uh, again, I'm not sure why. Maybe because of the roads, the motorways, whatever. So the coach actually gets going and goes, but these eight have actually decided to already have gone in order oh taxis. God. So the first taxi comes, and there was a young lad part of the eight. So him and his family jumped in the first one because he was only a young lad. So that, la that left this lad from Ireland and three strangers that he doesn't really know waiting for the second taxi. Now, the issue was an hour goes by and the taxi still hasn't come. The second taxi hasn't turned up. So there now I've walked to Beaconsfield service station and are waiting for this taxi to turn up, which hasn't turned up. The game kicks off. It still hasn't turned up. So now it's getting worse. So it turns up at half time. So it just wouldn't go, would you? Well, they didn't. So they turned the taxi away. They said, there's no point. We might as well just sit here now because they're never, never going to get into London in time. So whilst the coach, the original coach that broke down, turned up to Stamford Bridge 10 minutes into the game, these four lads now are stuck at Beaconsfield service stations watching the game from their phones. So whilst they're watching it from their phones, obviously the taxi comes at half time, they turn it away, they say, well, which way to you? They've notified the coach to come pick us up at the services after the game, which is obviously going to be a couple of hours. Yeah. Game finishes 2-2. They've missed a really good game. Obviously, a great result, great celebrations. They've missed all of that. And this lad's come away from Ireland for all of this. First, first away game. First ever away have. game. First ever. They wait a couple of hours. The coach comes to pick him up from Beaconsfield. Obviously, it's party coach, I imagine. Great result, everything. They jump on, obviously, glum, gutted, whatever. As they get to Oxford, it's now like midnight. As they get to Oxford, the coach only has a blowout, doesn't it? The tyre. <laughs> so it has to pull over. And these lads again are stuck on the motorway for over an hour and a half. I think it was longer than that, wasn't it? <laughs> well, they had to wait for the, the AA or whatever it was to come and sort this bloody tyre out. And they got back into Liverpool at 6am. He so was on lad, the flight at 7. And he had to get a flight from 7 from Liverpool, John Lennon. So this lad had come over from Ireland to stay at Beaconsfield, to watch Everton Chelsea from Beaconsfield services from his phone and then return back to Ireland. Horrendous. And, and ladies and gents, that is why we do it. And that is one of the most Everton of first away games you will ever come across, you know. Horrendous. You see, we've all seen that picture, time for Everton, you know. Time That's for, about it. Time for following Everton, that Horrendous, one. Horrendous, that one. But anyway, let's back on to on the pitch matters and even so off the pitch big news this week Everton have obviously been referred to an independent commission for an alleged breach of the Premier League's financial fair play rules we had Kieran Maguire with yourself on our patron you can catch that episode over on our patron uh, and you were talking about him Bobble talk us through what you think a mess yeah um, I'm not going to come on and speculate I yeah. only talk about what the I facts. know and what I don't know so <laughs> at the moment it's the club are unaware of why we have been referred or what we've actually supposedly breached. 
I spoke to people inside the club and they remain very, very confident that we are still okay, that we're fine and that any such thing like point deduction is wide of the mark. But until the Premier League notify Everton and the Commission notify the football club of what we've actually breached, then at the moment everything else is speculation. So I think at the moment it's hold your horses on this one. Uh, it's going to maybe rumble on for a little bit. But regardless of all that, again, I think we just have to wait to see what the Premier League issue Everton with first. Yeah, I think obviously I, I watched the episode with you and Kieran Maguire. Mm-hmm. If you want to check out that episode, please click on the link below for the link towards our, all our patron content. Um, you know, give us a try. There are a few special episodes, few a lot of content coming through thick and fast. But my thoughts on it is, obviously, you know, we have lost 370 million over the course of three years. That is a fact. Um, in regards to the COVID losses of 160 million pounds, you know, how are Everton getting away with that? You know, 90 million pounds. I think Aston Villa lost, and Everton will almost double that. You know, the, the, you can put cast that aside, but it's gross negligence from the top to the bottom, regardless of what you're thinking. It's a scenario that no one has thought. I, I, I think this profit and loss sustainability, the FFP has been brought in to protect the so-called big teams. I really, really do. However, the rules are there for everyone. You know, it's not just Everton that are, that are suffering, Aston Villa, your leads. We all have to abide by these rules, whether you agree with them or not. I don't agree with them, but they are what they are to try and protect clubs from going under and going into administration. And if it wasn't for certain people bailing us out, we'd, we'd be gone. If Machiri decided to sell up tomorrow, it would be game over for Everton. You know, he could just pack his bags and move on. So, you know, it, it was disappointing to, to read. I thought we were going to get a bit of a break through the international break being Evertonian. Two weeks of non-Everton content. However, that quickly changed with the announcement of half four, I think last Friday, where it said Everton have been charged with breaching these rules. So let's see what happens. I think it's going to be a few months to decide. Um, I think it's not going to affect us this year. I think it's going to be next. But there is a lot of speculation. There has been a lot of... a bit of stuff thrown at walls to see what sticks, shall I say, from certain journalists. I think we just need to sit tight on this one. Like you quite rightly said, the club are adamant that they've done nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. But let's just wait and see in regards to that... The international break, like I quite rightly said, has been on. A few Everton players have been in action for their international clubs, respectfully. Usually we look forward to these Everton's next game, but we are in an international break. Do you think it's coming a good time, this? And do you think it's giving Spurs a chance to regroup with the departure of Antonio Conte? Yeah, maybe. It may have done. Um, I think it may have given us a bit of a chance to regroup. I know we were obviously coming off the back of three decent results, two away points, a good result against Brentford, but... You know, sometimes it's good to take a breath. It's good just to take stock of where we're at. Um, so, yeah, I think it was really, really important to maybe have a break. Players had gone to the well quite a lot over the last few weeks and Sean Dyche should give some of the players a few days off. So, yeah, I don't think, you know, when, you, when you're in a good bit of form, you want to keep playing games, but maybe it's come at a quite a decent time for Everton just to have a bit of break, give some players days off, and then come back for the business end of the season. But, you know, like we've previously said, Spurs are... Are a, are a club from the outside looking in and a bit of turmoil. They're struggling. Uh, players not happy. Managerless. Obviously, Stellini and Ryan Mason have now taken over. Sporting director's been sanctioned. Um, you know, they're probably just as much in turmoil as Everton in sort of in their respective club. But yeah, I think it's come at maybe a decent time for Spurs, obviously, just maybe to try and get some eggs in order, get some ducks in order, should I say. Um, but it's also maybe come at a good time for Everton to give a few players, mate, a bit of a break who've been going to the well for us. Yeah, obviously, Everton have had 
quite an unscathed international break, which is very rare for Everton. Seamus Coleman in action for Ireland. Yeah. James Garner in action for the under-21s. Amadou Onana actually going on to captain Belgium. Have you managed to catch any of the international games? I watched Mikhailenko for Ukraine against England and he had a bit of a, a disappointing game. I think Bakari Sacco, who is a top, player. top, top player, um, gave him a real run around, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He's a top player. Like, uh, There's no doubt about it. He's <laughs> Saka on his days, it can give anyone a hard time. So, yeah, Mikalenko was a bit unfortunate and caught up against the player that is in red hot form. I watched England v Italy in in Naples. Obviously, great win, that really, really good win. Really yeah, England. Obviously, my, my mate Henry Winter was out there, and I spoke to him before the game and stuff. And yeah, they showed a bit of backbone to win. That's a fair play. Pickford again was pretty decent. wasn't at fault for the goal. Uh, I think the main point through this international break, as you've previously just said, it's we've come through unscathed. Seamus Coleman, Nathan Patterson, James Garner. Um, Amadou Onana Idris Agana Gay Iwobi Jordan Pickford when you start reading off names you think goodness we've got quite a few players out, out here and, and playing seasoned internationals some of these could pick up knocks or little muscle injuries <laughs> and we've come up we've come off it okay especially when you compare ourselves to like Leeds who have picked up some serious injuries Chris Wood yeah and Nottingham Forest a bad injury I know he's not on international duty but they've still picked up an injury through the break um and most importantly, Nathan Patterson and James Garner have got some minutes, mate. They've got some... James Garner got 90 minutes for England under 21s. So, yeah, all in all, as far as international breaks go for Everton, it's about as good as it gets. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Just so you, if you're not aware, we do have some sponsors here at A View from the Bullens, and we are sponsored by the Beer Keller Liverpool, C&D Engineering Consultants and Advanced Building Supplies. Just want to say big, massive thank you for their support. And, of course, thanks to all the people that subscribe to our Patreon if you do want to get access to all our content exclusively, there is a link down below, as I mentioned before. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And moving on, Everton play Tottenham Hotspur. We've briefly touched upon it before. Goodison Park, under the lights. What are your views of these night games, Bobble, for the listeners? Very special, aren't they? Obviously, with Goodison Park soon. Not going to be here anymore. Yeah, it's it's very special. We should soak it all up while we can, but we have a job to do. Um, Spurs are coming to Goodison Park in a, a, a wretched run of form in terms of turmoil what we've just previously touched on players not happy the likes of Romero and Richarlison not happy at the football club um, but they're still a dangerous team obviously Hungman Son and, and Harry Kane are, are absolutely deadly um, it's going to be a difficult game regardless of who's managing them what sort of form they're in they've got some top top players but under the lights Goodison Park you'd like to think the atmosphere is going to be rocking um, 
and with you know what, with every other club playing, obviously on Saturday and Sunday, it gives us to see the state of play going into Monday. What we're looking at, obviously, it might not be pretty if results go against us. But if results go for us, you know, there could be a pot of gold waiting at the end of that result on Monday night if we can beat Spurs and maybe then jumps you know a six point swing on some clubs. So. It's another big game. All our home games are massive now from now to the end of the season. I've previously said, and I think every Evertonian said, if Everton are, are going to stay up in, in the Premier League, it's going to be due to the home form, due to our away form being so wretched. So, yeah, big game. There's points to be had. If we can score first, who knows what can happen. But we have just got to remember, the Spurs are, have got some high-quality players. So switch off for, for a few seconds, mate. It'll be in the back of the net. I, f- I seem to remember the last Everton ho- well, against Tottenham at home under the lights. I think it was the 5-4 during COVID, wasn't mm-hmm. it? When yeah. In that cup game, which was one of the maddest games I've ever seen. I can't remember Everton ever scoring five. I probably won't see it again this season. But yeah, I agree. Goodison Park under the lights. It's kind of like this phrase that has come about and the Everton fans are going to be bang up for it. You know, last season we've seen the Arsenal home, the 2-1. We've seen the Newcastle home, which were very, very special nights. We've seen, obviously, Goodison Park light up when we played Crystal Palace as well, you know, when we went on to win their 3-2. So it is a very special place. The old lady is absolutely phenomenal. We absolutely love going there. The fans need to make it special time and time and time again, and they will. They absolutely will. We always hold our end of the bargain. The fans are always there in numbers. They're obviously there before the game, during and after. And a few rival fans have obviously commented on how good the Goodison Park atmosphere has actually been for a couple of seasons. You know, we are down in the dumps. We are fighting every corner, fighting every battle. And we're with them every kick of the ball. And, you know, you can't underestimate the power of being at home. We have got some favourable home games left. We have, yeah. We're kind of, you know, we're coming towards the end of the wretched run of fixtures, shall we say. Obviously, we got Tottenham and Man United left in regards to them. That cluster of fixtures, we thought, oh God, this is going to be a bit of a nightmare. But then we go on to like your Fulhams, your Palaces, your Wolves, games which are winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, next topic. Yeah. Looking unlikely, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He got back from Dubai early in the week, midweek, um, with his physiotherapist. Hasn't returned to full training with the squad. We all know the way Sean Dyche is handling Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He will not rush him. He will not push him. If he doesn't meet certain like metrics, certain scores in training, then you won't be included in the first team squad on a match day. Looking unlikely. Yeah. Um, again, they're just not going to rush him, Ben. Previous managers, especially like Rafa Benitez, um, when he needed results, Rafa Benitez, he was throwing Dominic Calvert-Lewin in at 50-60% fitness and just trying to get an hour out of him. Um, obviously, just trying to save his own skin, save his own job. Frank Lampard initially started playing him. Um with Knox, but then started to not play him, whereas Sean Dyche has gone completely the other end of the spectrum and has said, well, look, if you're not fit, if you're not completing certain training sessions, if you're not completing full training sessions, you won't be included. It's as simple as that. So, yeah, he's not training with the first team at the moment, which is disappointing, considering we've had a good little break now with the international break. He's been away to Dubai, warm weather training, with a personal physio. It's disappointing, but I think we've just got to concentrate on the fit players, the players that are fit. And if Dominic Cavalloon's not fit from now to the end of the season, then so be it. We know where we're at. We'll address it at the end of the season. Um, but there's no point playing in Ben if he's only 60-70% fit. There's no point. We've done that previously and he's broken down with, with injuries that get worse or he hasn't been able to complete 90 minutes or he's not able to play his usual game. And Everton need all hands to the deck, all hands to the pump right now. So we need everyone playing that is 100% ready to fight for the cause. And if if Calvert-Lewin's not currently featuring in certain training sessions, mate, then I, I, I agree with Sean Dyche. I think that is the right plan now. And he's executing it quite well. He's protecting him in the media. I think he's handling that very well as well. Um, 
we are where we are with Dominic Carvalho and we all know the frailties that he's currently struggling with over the last 18 months but yeah he's unlikely mate yeah I, I agree and I think there's only 10 games left of this season Everton <clears throat> he's going to take three or four games to get back into full match fitness as well isn't he we spoke about on previous podcasts on the patron in regards to you know being fit then being match fit and then being Sean Dyche fit mm-hmm. we've seen against Arsenal for 60 minutes that Dominic Carvalho and is a battering ram and he does suit the system but we can't just throw him into games. If he gets injured again, then it's going to be catastrophic. God only knows what he's going through. Obviously, we spoke again recently in regards to his mental health and stuff, because he will be struggling. Players are humans, after all. Uh, they do get paid handsomely, That there's no question. But he wants to be playing football, he wants to be scoring goals. We're lucky to speak to, obviously, a, a few players and a few family members. You said that Dom is really upset um, regarding the issues surrounding his injuries and his legs he's so f- highly tuned and you know he has got so, such high well fast twitch muscle fibers that he mm-hmm. does get injuries every now and again the leap he's got is one of the best in the Premier League um, looking on to Tottenham then Bobble the chances do you think Everton have a chance of getting three points I think we've got to target all our home games so yeah I think it's a game we have to target like we've previously said Spurs are coming here with you know, a new manager in Stellini, but he's part of the old staff. Ryan Mason as assistant. A couple of players not happy with the current setup with how things are playing out at Spurs right now. Sporting director has been sanctioned. Have they got much to play for this season? Yeah, you know, there's still 10 games left and obviously anything can change over 10 games, but they're out of Europe, um, struggling for form. <laughs> Top four hopes are, if in reality, are, whilst they're sitting in fourth currently, their form suggests that it's starting to dwindle. They're, they've played two games more than Newcastle, two games more than Liverpool, but they are still a few points ahead of Liverpool. Um, they've just got to try and clinch fourth place, but I do think this would be one of the games that Sean Dyche would have earmarked. The home games, I think he'd have just earmarked the home games, bar maybe Man City at home. I think all the other home games he would have earmarked. You well, know we, what? we can beat them we, as well. Yeah. <laughs> still, still drunk from that same Paddy's night, but we yeah. can beat them. I think, he, I, think he, I think he'll look at this game and think, you know what, this is a game of must not lose. Do not lose at home to Spurs. Um, obviously then with Manu away on the weekend, which is really, really difficult. But yeah, let's score first, mate. Let's see what happens. And we're going to do something different on this weekly roundup um, onto the Bullens mailbag. We decided to answer a couple of questions from the listeners, so I put a tweet out last week for questions people might have. If it goes well, we might carry on doing it. Um, so we do only have time for a few, so I've picked a few out from the bunch okay. of list. Yep, go for it. So the first question is from our good friend Steve, Steve Downing, right. the physio. We know him very well. Um, he goes under Downing underscore 91 on Twitter, and his question was, would you rather players play for game time and to improve fitness or not play at all to avoid injury? Would you rather players play for game time to improve fitness or not play at all to avoid avoid injury. Um, I think with certain players, it's different. I think obviously with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, we've played him in the past to try and get him better fitness to improve his fitness, which has gone against us. Um, I think sometimes it depends how durable that player is, who you're dealing with. Someone like an Alex but you could play him for half an hour to improve his fitness, whereas someone like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you, you can't because obviously we've, we've had problems with that. Um... I think at the moment, Sean Dodge is getting it about right. I think he's getting it about right with the current injuries. He, with James Garner, he's really made him sit tight, work really hard in training to get up to Dodge fitness with Nathan Patterson. He's kept him at arm's length. He's kept him playing and doing the 21s, trying to get him fit until he's ready to come back into the fold. With where Everton are at the moment and the predicament that we are in, it's all hands to the pump. So I have no issue 
at the moment with Sean Dyche choosing to get players extra prepared and really prepared to make that difference on a match day rather than throwing them in. Um, obviously, if we're three or four nil down in a game and you've got James Garner sitting on the bench, why not give him half an hour? I totally get that. Um, you know, down at Arsenal when the game was two nil at half time, the game was probably dead. He's thrown on Mason Holgate, just a trial Holgate in a defensive midfield position. I, I get it. But if the games are close and the games are tight, which notoriously they are under Sean Dyche, yeah, I'm not sure we can risk anything at the moment. Yeah, I agree with you in regards to that um, certain players can, some players can't. I think Everton decided to let Nathan Patterson, for example, go to Scotland, yeah. get some minutes under his belt, and he needs game time. But with Dominic Harvard Lewin, you wouldn't be risking him for England to get game time no. because he can pick up an injury. Certain players need to be nurtured more. So, yeah, I, I agree with you completely on that one. Um, the next one is from Brett Schneider. He's at 513Brett on Twitter. And he wants us to spend a few minutes talking about Ben Godfrey. What are your current view then on his ceiling, best position? And do you think he fits with a Sean Dice system? Well, Ben Godfrey wants to play centre-half. He sees his preferred position as a centre-back. Obviously, he's probably played more times at left-back for Everton than any other position. That's, what it, that's how it feels anyway. Uh, I think he struggles in the air as a centre-half. He's not massive. He's not dominant in the air. And I think that's an issue for Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche has that issue with Connor Cody. Hence why he's now playing Michael Keane in that position. He likes his centre-half to go and make first contact with strikers and go battle for the first ball. Um, whereas Connor Cody likes to drop off. Ben Godfrey's not particularly great in the air. He's not dominant in the air. So I think at centre-half, I think he's going to have a problem. One, trying to dislodge Tarkovsky and Michael Keane this season. But I think long-term under Dyche, I think he's going to have a problem in being a centre-half under Sean Dyche because he does like big physical centre-halves. By the way, I think Godfrey is quite physical. I think he does get stuck in. I think he puts himself about. He's a bit of an athlete. But I just think in terms of being that aerial dominant centre-half that Sean Dyche likes, Ben Godfrey doesn't really fit that mould. Um, he's height, you know, he's not he's not overly tall and he's not a, he's not brilliant in the air. I'd say that's probably his, his main weakness in the air, he's, Ben he's, Godfrey. Yeah, he's very poor. Yeah, I think you, you're not a huge fan of him in the air. I think that's probably his main weakness. So at the moment, he's doing a job at fullback and he does a job there because he's very athletic. Um but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Dodge does with the centre-halves. Obviously, we've got Jared Branthwaite out on loan at PSV. Now, Jared Branthwaite fits that mould. He's very tall. He's very big, very good in the air. And he's happy to go, you know, win first contact with strikers. Um, so, you know, he he may get in ahead of Ben Godfrey or maybe preferred next season to, to Ben Godfrey at centre-half. Um, but yeah, I think Ben Godfrey's doing all right at full-back at the moment. But he, he doesn't want to play full-back. He wants to play centre-half. So it's going to be an interesting one with Ben Godfrey. No, I agree. Um, obviously, Ben Godfrey is now 25 years of age. Yeah. He, hasn't, he hasn't had a sustained period at centre-half at Everton. He hasn't really kind of cemented his place. And I think it, the game that reverts back to was last season against QPR in the Cup. I think he got out-jumped by Charlie Austin twice. And we went on to obviously draw that 2 Charlie Austin uh, pinned him. Oh, and, he rolled onto him for the whole game because he knew I've got know, the height on him. And Charlie Austin, you know, he isn't the best area ahead of a ball. You know, no. he's a big stocky lad, but Ben Godfrey should be winning that. He should be winning that and clearing right. You wouldn't find the likes of Tarkovsky or Michael Keane losing that. I think Ben Godfrey, in all his games, Trevor, and he's performed best at fullback. He had that sustained period under Carlo Ancelotti playing left back. 
with Fawzi did very, very well. I think he's doing very well now for obviously Mikalenko. But, you know, Everton needs two fullbacks again in the summer. I, yeah. I really do think that's another area for, area for concern. I've banged the drum about it for the past four or five years. I don't think Mikalenko is the finished article. Um, I don't think, you know, he's not exactly what we need. He might fit a Sean Dice team, but he's being kept out the team by, a le- by you know, a centre-half and Ben Godfrey now. Mm. Um, Seamus Coleman... You know, he's been brilliant. It's been fantastic under Sean Dice, but, you know, he's, he's coming on again, 34, 35 years of age. Nathan Patterson is picking up these little niggles, you know, these injuries they're keeping off a sustained period of time. So I think the fullback area is definitely going to be addressed. I think the issue with Ben Godfrey, sorry to interject there, but I think the issue with Ben Godfrey is because he's not very big, obviously, Everton don't have a lot of the ball. Now, obviously, people look at Lissandra Martinez at Manchester United. I think, well, he's even smaller than Ben Godfrey. But man, you have more of the ball yeah. than what Everton do. So when Everton have less of the ball, we are more susceptible to balls coming in, balls coming from the crosses, having to defend more, defend deep. So unless you are an exceptional centre-half, like exceptional, and I know there's been some really, really yeah. top, like Thiago Silva's not overly dominant in the air. He's not massive, he's not tall, but he is an exceptional centre-half. So unless you are an exceptional centre-half, your height will be a detriment to you and a detriment to a back four. Because yeah. like you've previously said, even Charlie Austin that year, that QPR game, he just spun onto Godfrey and he knew if I just stick on him, as long as I balls keep coming into the box, I'm going to get a chance because I'm bigger yeah. than him. So I think that's an issue. Unless you're in a in a very technical football team like a Man City or even Man U in their pomp, it's difficult, I think, to be a small centre-half unless you are exceptional. I, I agree. And Ben Godfrey, you know, back in his heyday when he was at York and Shrewsbury, actually played as a centre midfielder. People he didn't did, know. Yeah. He played as this number six. We were trying, who knows? Could he do that? I don't know. You know, the Premier League to League One, League Two is a different ball game altogether. You're going to be under a lot more pressure. But he is very good at driving forward, he is yeah. a very strong tackler. Who knows? That's just a, another alternative option. The last one is from grey.coyb at grey1978. Who do we think the club will move on in the summer in regards to Tom Davis, Yeri Mina and a few others? Mason Holgate, for example, mm-hmm. could throw into that bracket. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? Obviously, oh, definitely. I'll let Yeri you answer Mi- that one. <laughs> Yeri Mina's contract's obviously up. Tom Davis's contract's up. And Josh Townsend. Uh, obviously, we've got the likes of Delhi Ali returning to the football club. Um yeah, it's going to be interesting. Everton would like to remove quite a few if possible. Uh, Yerry Mina's obviously contract is running down and there's no suggestion that Everton are going to offer him a new one. Um, Tom Davis is a player that if the, if, if, if the money was right, maybe he would stay as maybe a number six, you know, a, a, a sixth midfielder. But Tom Davis wants first team football. He wants to be playing, which is respectful. Um, he's been here a little while now. Obviously, he's, he's, not a, he's not a kid anymore. He needs to be playing. Andros Townsend's caught the back of a real serious injury. Again, contract. Uh, Mason Holgate wants to be playing. He's not getting, he's not featuring at all. Connor Cody, Frank Lampard was still here. Connor Cody staying was almost a certainty at just over £4 million. But that story's now maybe looking a little bit different under Sean Deutsch. Um, so I think we might see a few going, to be honest. I think we might, might see a few changes. Um, Obviously, it's no surprise that Yerimine is you know, nowhere near signing a new contract. Adelaide Decore has won that. Obviously, we have a club option of, of extending that for one year. Uh, but that's only on our side, not his side. So, if he continues in the form he's in, there's no reason why Everton won't extend it. Yes, he is one of the higher earners, but he is proving his worth. And for because we would be moving on the likes of Yerimina, Tom Davis, Andros Townsend, uh, Mason Holgate maybe leaving the football club. We've still got a decision to make on Jared Branthwaite. There's, Get him back. 
yeah, you're a big fan of Branthwaite. Um, yeah, there's no reason why someone like Decoy wouldn't get his extended if he continues in the form he's in. So yeah, don't be surprised if a lot of the players that are out of contract this summer will go. Will go. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think you know Tom Davis, Jerry Mina. The time's up. I think. I think it's time to move them on respectfully. Thank you for their time and move them on. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. We enjoy making these. They are something new. We are trialling them. We hope you do enjoy them. Um, and we hope you are enjoying listening to them. The links to our social media and the Patreon links are below. Get in touch. Give us a review. Subscribe. And as always, have a good week. From me in the bubble, goodbye.